0: If you're interested in learning how I launched Zim Excellence, then you're in luck. Sign up for my podcast workshop and learn how it's easier and more affordable than ever to start a podcast. Also, grab yourself a copy of my podcast resource guide, which covers industry terminology, suggested tech setup, in addition to countless free online resources to support your podcast journey. Just head to wangaicom forward slash podcast creation. That's wangaicom forward slash podcast creation. The link will also be down in the show notes. Now, let's start the show. Yo! Welcome to the party! Hello! Makadini salibonani! My name is Wongai and you're listening to Zim Excellence, a weekly celebration of Zimbabwe's changemakers and trailblazers. So here's the secret, y'all. Zimbabweans are actually dope AF and it's just time that we recognize it. So grab yourself a plate of sadza and grab that stony ginger beer and let the party begin welcome to another episode of zim excellence today my guest is a photographer who was born and raised in zimbabwe she has over 13 years of experience photographing celebrities actors and athletes for household brands she's basically a visual magician y'all and also she's hella booked and busy that once we're done with this session she has to rush over and do like an amazing gig. So it's I'm just so glad that she's here to spend some time with us. So please welcome Vivian Killalee Best.
1: <laughs> Thank you so much, fun guy. I'm so excited to be a part of this. I'm so happy that you're here.
0: I just love that you've either photographed everyone's favorite or you're just destined to. So my <laughs> burning question, which everyone is probably wondering, is have you shot Queen Beyoncé yet.
1: Oh my gosh. You know what's funny is I actually have not photographed her yet, but I've done some work for um, Rock Nation, obviously her husband's record label. And she's yeah. been at several of those events or encounters. So I've been like this close to her, but actually she's never been put in front of my camera. You know, she's very, <laughs> very supportive of Jay-Z. So it's yeah. been yeah, we've had little conversations here and there, but unfortunately never got to photograph her but I am dying to one day like
0: not yet we just need to like manifest you doing rock nation brunch if you haven't already and I've done it I shoot the Rock
1: nation yeah (laughs) (laughs) if you go to my Instagram it's like I think the third one on my my page there yeah that's actually that's that's a party like I love shooting that one everyone at that party is just there to have a good time and yeah, she's always there. Um, she actually has this dedicated photographer, Kevin Major, and mm. he, he, he's like the, it's It's always me and Kev- Kevin Major. It's actually Kevin Major's account, and he brought me on. um but Kevin Major is her guy, so she's like him and him only type thing. so hopefully, hopefully one day maybe Kevin will take a sick day or something and I'll get to take her photo with the brunch.
0: <laughs> I
1: love that so
0: much. <laughs> <laughs> okay,
1: so. Let's get into
0: your origin story, because you are a Zim Excellence superhero, and every superhero has their origin story. So you were born and raised in Zimbabwe, and now you live in Los Angeles. I'd love it if you could share how you got from point A to point B, like a little bit about your life and your childhood in Zimbabwe to where you are now, or at least to when you moved to Los Angeles.
1: Yeah, no, absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. So I was (laughs) born and raised in Harare, born at Avenues Clinic. (laughs) I went to Conway Junior School.
0: I think I was born in the same place.
1: Was it Mbuya Nehanda Hospital (laughs) before? That is a good question. That sounds really, really, really familiar. I think it might have been. Or maybe that's not Toa. I don't know. I mixed them up. I'll figure it out later. <laughs> We're going to have to look that up. Yeah. <laughs> I definitely prefer um, the name Boyanahanda, especially with yeah. the film coming up. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. So I was born in Harare. I went to Convent Junior School. And then I went to Arundel. And I always, always knew that I wanted to do something in the creative sphere. My parents were always very supportive. So I chose a university in Los Angeles that I wanted to go to. And it's funny, because although my parents were very supportive, when they heard Los Angeles, they were like, no way, <laughs> you don't know anyone there. That sounds like a very bad idea. But I, I was... I was I was stuck on it. I was like, no, this is this is definitely where I want to go. And um in order to help convince them, I was kind of looking into every avenue I could and I found a scholarship actually in directing that I was able to get which I mean it which helped a lot with um the school fees and stuff like that. Like obviously I still had to pay for accommodation or my parents helped me out with that and stuff like that. Went to school there. They finally gave in. <laughs> it was definitely a, a rough start to begin. You know, I feel like it is very difficult going from the close knit community that Zimbabwe is to kind of being thrown in the ocean, you know, not knowing anyone. But I feel like I just stayed very, very focused on my studies, very focused on my goals, managed to actually graduate a year early because I was so, so, so keen to just get out into the working world and see what I could do. Um, And yeah, I kind of just went from there. I feel like I was always really, really big on making things work for me. You know, again, like I said, I didn't know anyone in Los Angeles, but I was like, I'm not going to let that stop me. I'm not going to let that get between me and what I want to do. So I was very, very strong about just like getting myself out there and introducing myself to the right people in the right context and situation. And I'd say, yeah, I feel like that's why... I'm at where I'm at 13 years later, shooting the Rock Nation brunch and stuff like that, you know? So yeah, that's kind of my story in a nutshell. That's like absolutely amazing. So when was the first time you actually
0: picked up a camera? even if it was like a toy camera, because I have photographs of myself with like a toy camera. And I'm like, that's so funny. I was destined to be in film and TV. Makes so much sense. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. yeah.
1: (laughs) (laughs) Definitely. Well, my grandfather was actually a very, very keen amateur photographer. And it's funny, I say amateur, but I feel like he actually had more equipment than me and was literally always shooting. So I remember being very fascinated by that. And learning a lot from him. And I actually have all of his photography gear. He since passed away. So, uh, yeah, he left it to me and it's, uh, it's a film camera and it's sitting in my closet and I bust it out every time I get the opportunity. But yeah, I'd say the first time was sort of just tailing and watching him. And I feel like I probably got the bug around 10 years old. There's this park, Valentine Park, Valentine Park. I remember we were walking around there and all of the kids were playing and having a good time. And I remember I was just looking at like <laughs> streams and flowers and landscapes with my camera. So that, that was the first time I remember I think that was the moment I fell in love with photography. That is so awesome. And did you
0: feel like you encountered any culture shock when you moved to – you're coming from Harare straight to
1: Los Angeles – do you know what I will say actually which I think is so interesting is I feel like people think moving or there's this perception or this story or this narrative that people moving from Zimbabwe to America you know have so much to learn and I don't know, maybe have blinders on or, but I actually found the opposite. I found one of the big culture shock moments for me was I found that a lot of American kids my same age, I hate to say this, but they were so much more sheltered than us. You know, I feel like we grew up in a time and in a country where we had like heated political discussions. We grew up with a lot on our plate, you know, mm-hmm. and I almost feel like when I got to university in Zimbabwe, I, I mean... I, I almost felt like I was like five years older than a lot of the kids, you know, and like, they would, of course, jokingly ask all the silly questions like, Oh, did you live in a hut? Or did you ride around on zebras and stuff like that? And it's just so funny, because I was I feel like for a long time, I was craving those deep, meaningful conversations I would have. And I know that takes time. But I feel like even on a surface level with other Zimbabweeds, you can really get in deep and you can talk about some meaningful things. And, I, I, I just feel like that's something that Zimbabwe really provides for you as, as a child. You know, I don't know if you had a, any kind of similar experience. I'd say, so I grew up in a lot of cities. So
0: Harare, London, Beijing. When I moved to New York, I thought I would have culture shock, but it just made sense to be there. I'm like, oh. Yeah, I belong here. This makes sense. Right. Especially Mm. because it's such a melting pot of different cultures. So there's still Mm. a lot to learn, but it just, it doesn't seem like, like, oh, this is like different. I don't know. And I think also being exposed to a lot of American television and media growing up as well. I feel like I, I spent my life studying up on American (laughs) culture.
1: Absolutely. So then you get to,
0: to New York, which itself is almost like a bubble and very different from a lot. It's like very different, at least from the South of America, that like mm. in New York, anyone is welcome. It doesn't matter how weird or unconventional mm-hmm. or even normal. There's no such thing as normal. People are like there is a place for everyone in New York. There's a community for everyone in New York. So I was more surprised at how at home I felt. when I, I can moved. see
1: that. Mm-hmm. I can see that. Absolutely. Absolutely. New York City is a great place for sure.
0: But I definitely do agree. I, I often did find that my American counterparts and even some other non-Americans, immigrant friends were very sheltered. (laughs) That I was like, oh. Yeah. Like this,
1: this is okay. This is, this is a lot for you. Oh, this is, this is nothing for me. Oh my gosh. Absolutely. Absolutely. Yeah. I completely hear you. Yeah. Like challenging city situations or or what have you. I feel like people are always surprised possibly at how chill we are, you know, yeah. but it's just cause look, there's so much worse.
0: Oh yeah. So much. like, you know, growing up, like the electricity has gone or this or mm. that and all the political stuff that was going on. I think it's also that I find and being an immigrant and having parents who sacrifice so much and help me out so much that when you're in that position and you're going to school abroad, you have nothing to lose. You're like, it's now or never. And I get the sense that that's how you felt when you say that you were like, I'm putting myself in front of all these people. I'm like, I've got nothing to lose. I'm graduating early,
1: like all of that. (laughs) No, you're completely right. You're completely right. That's exactly how I felt. I felt like I had absolutely nothing to lose. I felt like the only thing I can be afraid of is not trying. You know, the worst that can happen is a no. And it's like, if you approach people, I mean, without being annoying, you don't want to just like Walk straight up to like Jay Z and be like, hey, I want to shoot your party. But it's like it's 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 other kind of routes, you know, yeah. like connecting with other photographers, connecting with other filmmakers, and kind of like, you know, seeing where that path leads you and. I don't know, I almost felt as well like I had maybe something to prove to myself, you know, like I feel like I gave up so much, gave up being around my friends, yeah. many of whom were at Rhodes. Um, I feel like I'd sacrificed a lot and I, I felt like I needed to justify that. I needed to say, Hey, this is for me, not even like to prove to anyone else, but just to prove from to me that I could do this, you know?
0: What was one of your first like photography gigs? Was it like? I know for <laughs> me in the film world or the acting world, at least. I did a lot of student films and short films where they say, yeah. we'll pay you an IMDb credit or we'll pay you in snacks, pizza, whatever. <laughs>
1: Absolutely, absolutely. Yeah. <laughs> well, I think what I love about photography is the fact that it's so easy to execute. You know, it's it's so easy to just like grab and go with your friends and say, "Hey, let's do a photo shoot. Let's try this. Let's try that." And everyone loves that. Who doesn't love <laughs> a good photo shoot, guy or girl? You know, so yeah. I remember when I first got my camera, I just tried I just practiced, practiced, practiced as much as I possibly could. And I'm talking my first like proper DSLR, DSLR camera, like this is your investment, you know, so yeah. I was definitely always grabbing my friends and trying different things and ex- experimenting, you know, kind of pushing boundaries. And there were a lot of fails along the way. I look back at some of those photos and I laugh so much um, just at how far I've come, you know, style wise. Um, but, you know, the practice is invaluable because it takes you, you know, you you learn. You learn what works for you. You learn what your style is. You learn how to quickly use your camera and think on the go. But yeah, at the beginning, it was it, w- it was any friend who would let me use my camera with them.
0: It's like amazing because not only are you a photographer representing Africa and representing Zimbabwe, you're also a female photographer. And I feel like <laughs> a lot of the times when you tune into award ceremonies or whatever, you're just seeing a lot of men there. And Mm -hmm. like, not that you're part of this group of people, but like when I'm in New York and I'm seeing groups of paparazzi, I'm seeing a lot of men. Today is a great day to start your own podcast. Whether you have a message you want to share with the world or you think, ooh, it could be fun to have my own talk show like one guy, getting started is easier than ever. Here at Zim Excellence, we use Buzzsprout, which is hands down the easiest, most affordable and best way to launch, promote and track your podcast. Start for free and list your show on directories like Apple Podcasts, Spotify, Google Podcasts and more within minutes. Podcasting isn't hard when you have the right partners and the team at Buzzsprout is passionate about helping and teaching you to succeed. Just check out their YouTube videos. They are filled with tons of information. So join over a 100,000 podcasters already using Buzzsprout to get their message out to the world. Sign up today using the link in the show notes or go to wongai.com forward slash podcast creation and you'll get a $20 credit if you sign up for a paid plan it also helps support the show. So go ahead, sign up for Buzzsprout and keep me posted on your new podcast. Now back to the show.
1: Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. No, it's very male dominated. That's for sure. I feel like all of my counterparts or most of my counterparts are definitely men, you know, so it's, it's fun. You know, in my opinion, I feel like it puts a little edge on me. I feel like I stand out a little more because of it. So i I love it. I appreciate it, you know, and I definitely want to see more female photographers. It would get, be great to have some more colleagues. Um, but I know that that will come in time and it is, it is happening because
0: of that. It's just so impressive how far you've come. And the fact, you know, like you said, it's, it's taken 13 years. It's not always the easiest start, even if in our industry, everything is painted as like glitz and glamour. But then you get to a point where now your photographs are everywhere. You go on to Entertainment Tonight or People (laughs) or Hollywood Reporter and then the viral photograph that you took as well. (laughs) Like, how does that feel to be like, oh, like, do you ever look back to younger Vivian and you're like, oh, we did this. (laughs) Like all those times that we were like sad and we didn't know how we were going to make it through. Like we, we got here.
1: Oh my gosh. It's so funny. I feel like I don't look back that much. I feel like I'm always looking forward. You know, I'm like, okay, what next? How do you push yeah. yourself a little further? You know, how do you, I, I feel like a conversation I have with myself a lot right now is what, what will make you happy moving forward in your career? Mm-hmm. You know, so I'm definitely figuring that journey out and definitely looking to the future instead of looking behind me, you know, and it, it's, it's funny. Cause I, you know, I think I know the viral Photo You're talking about the one of um, Jennifer Aniston and um, the Brad Pitt reunion about a year ago. Yeah, (laughs) it's funny because as much as I love that moment, and it was so much fun. And it's so great, I guess, to look back on. I also think like, okay, how is this going to serve my career moving Mm -hmm. forward? Because I'm definitely been shooting more and more commercial and advertising work which that doesn't necessarily go hand in hand in so (laughs) it's 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 just funny kind of putting it all together you know of course I'm proud of it in a way but in another way I'm like does that serve me now Mm. so yeah
0: I think that's a really cool perspective to have we have this whole thing in acting about releasing auditions or just releasing the last project you did because you're like always growing as a person so it kind of makes Mm. sense that you'd be like okay what is the next thing to do that way you're always challenging yourself and you don't feel like getting into a rut or you're plateauing because you're like okay I, I have this next goal to work towards which is really interesting
1: absolutely absolutely
0: have you been able to
1: cultivate a sense of community, whether it's like artistic community or a Zimbabwean community? Definitely, definitely. I mean, I have a group of Zimbabwean friends here and we get together in the pre-COVID world anyway, (laughs) quite frequently for Sadza. And we're always (laughs) texting and sharing Zimbabwean jokes and memes and stuff like that. So yeah, I have a great group of Zimbabwean friends here who are so encouraging and so supportive and it's nice just to like go visit their house and like feel at home like my one friend David his mom um <laughs> my David lives with him so it's great to kind of like see her and I just feel I feel very grounded when I'm around her because we <laughs> David always teases me but I sit on the ground next to her and I feel I just feel like I'm right back home you know it's uh it's 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 great having that community but No, that's a good point you bring up because I feel like it's definitely something you have to cultivate for yourself. You really have to like, I don't want to say find that balance because there is no balance, but I feel like you have to do the work. You have to make the time. You know, it's like if you're working six days a week, you have to get up on Sunday and go visit your friends and be with them. And you might want to just like be in bed and watch Netflix, but you have to think about what's going to, you know, serve you the most and what's going to give you the most satisfaction out of life. So it's definitely it's consistency and effort, you know, it's making sure that you are checking in and participating in the community as much as you are part of it. It's definitely really tough because it takes a whole
0: village to help you out with where you are. So in the beginning I feel or at least for me, I started out with this village and then you start to get super busy and you start to book because of the help from the village and now you're like you said balancing out that time to be like oh I'm busy but I also need to make time for my village
1: yeah (laughs) because it's not only
0: like it's like self-nurturing and also nurturing them as well like you're giving back to them in a way
1: absolutely absolutely that participation you know what do you wish more
0: people were aware of when it comes to like the industry or what you do, or just the journey, like this artist journey that you've been on with its ups
1: and downs and roller coasters. (laughs) (laughs) You know, I wish people would realize how much work it is. You know, I feel like a lot of people see, you know, my Instagram or my website, and it just looks like it came so easily. Yeah, and... it looks like a magazine. You're like, oh, she's fabulous. Oh, my gosh, I'm oh, no. scared to talk to her. Like, yeah, I was scared to
0: talk to Vivian, and she's literally the nicest person ever.
1: <laughs> oh, my gosh. Thank you, guy. <laughs> <laughs> Um, Yeah, no, it's it's a lot, a lot of work. And I just, I do, I feel like people don't always completely see that side of things. You know, it wasn't... It wasn't luck. It was a lot of putting myself out there, putting myself, you know, like I said earlier, in uncomfortable positions, if not uncomfortable, but just like having the courage to talk to people, follow up with people when I met them, you know, it was, it was a lot of work. And honestly, it was a lot of sleepless nights as well. Because I remember when I first started my career, that was back in 2007. So gosh, 13, 14 years ago now, I started out editing other photographers' photos That's, you know, a really solid, normal kind of starting point for a lot of photographers. And the deadlines are brutal. You know, a photographer will finish a shoot at like, let's say seven o'clock at night, and you have to edit and deliver these images to whatever the client asks for, which is often, often by the next day. So I remember there were so many times when I would, (laughs) sometimes I would overload myself a little bit and, you know, take take content from like two photographers in one day, which would mean that I was up until four or five o'clock in the morning editing photos. And I remember my now husband was like, Vivian, you got to slow down. You're going to kill yourself. You know, you're just not sleeping, but I just, I just wanted it so, 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 so bad. I wanted a good career. I wanted, I loved photography. I wanted to, I wanted this path for myself, you know, and I knew that I knew that it wouldn't come easy, you know? So I feel like a lot of people don't see all of the legwork that I put to get where I am. You know, all of the often missed vacations with my family and just What is like a that.
0: vacation? We're artists. <laughs> what are vacations? <laughs> Someone explain no, this it's to so me. True.
1: Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> it's so true. And I mean, I know there's a lot of like silly hashtags like, oh, team no sleep, or this and that. But it's like it's 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 different from that because I feel like I was at the time so busy that I didn't even have time to be on social media, hashtagging. Oh, look at me, no sleep. I was just doing the work, you know, and um, consistency, consistency, consistency. So I think that's something I wish people realized, was it's not just something that landed in my lap; it's something that I actively pursued. When
0: you like, if there are those moments, well, obviously we all have these moments when it feels like you're you're hitting a wall or you're in a drought, you're in a dark night of the soul. What tools or how were you able to remind yourself of your why and like to keep going and to move, keep moving forward?
1: Oh my gosh, that is a great question. That is a great question. I mean, I think COVID was such a hard time for all of us, you know, and work, gosh, I mean, I remember I was booked up for the entire year of 2020. Literally in March, I was booked out until December and then COVID hit and literally within a five day a 5 day period of time everything canceled all of my clients were like hey this is not good we're going to have to like put on pause or scratch or delay till next year you know i think here in the states people realized how bad it was really fast so that was a huge shock to the system i really really at the time felt like oh my goodness i've put in 12 solid years of work i had everything lined up and now it's all gone like what do i do where am i at you know and i feel like that's where again, I lent back on my community, I lent on my husband. And I thought to myself, like, okay, even if work is on hold for the next one year, two year, three year, four years, at least I still have my grounding place, which is my family, my community, my friends, you know, it might not be in person. But I think I was, I, 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 I think the fact that I still made efforts with my relationships, even in the busiest time periods of times made it so I had a good kind of grounding point when things got really rough.
0: Yeah, 2020 and this pandemic has really been such an existential moment for artists. Oh, and it like really, you pause and you really think about how much artists just contribute to every day. Like essential workers, we love you. We love our nurses. We love our grocery store workers. We love our sanitation workers, but people are watching TV and reading books and looking at art and seeing yeah. photographs on instagram
1: <laughs> like yeah art
0: is literally everywhere and suddenly it was like boom pause
1: yeah nothing yeah mm-hmm.
0: and then also thinking about the way certain governments were not so quick to consider how to help us out
1: <laughs> yeah and a oh lot of gosh, confusion
0: about like oh how are we going to get back or like what protections can we put in, pr- in place and stuff to do with unions and yeah
1: Mm-mm. It's, that's so true that's so yeah. true yeah yeah and I will add I feel like there was a lot of pressure around COVID like I remember chatting with someone and they were like why don't you just like test shoot with models like line someone up and just shoot them from a the distance and be COVID safe and this and, and, this and that. And I just, it's, it's, of course, you can do that, but you also have to, at the time, I remember just thinking, well, I don't want to, not for my own sake, not because, I mean, I did want to, I feel like I, you know, we talked about this earlier, like I will work my ass off to do anything, but... It just felt a bit selfish. Like, okay, I'm not going to put my career ahead of my health and my family's health. And as you know, my dad was really, really, really sick with cancer last year. And it's like, look, I'm not going to take that chance. You know, I'm not going to even take the. Let's shoot from a six feet chance. It's just it's just not worth it. You know, so I did feel like there was certainly a lot of obstacles in place and I feel like you had to it was a lot of moral decisions for us too, wasn't it?
0: Yeah, it was it was mind blowing because at the same time while people were suggesting you do those those test shoots and maybe I'm getting emails from my agent saying, Oh hey, if anyone needs any headshots, you can shoot with this company and they'll do a social distance thing. We're still getting headlines where the figures were going up and you're hearing this person died and that person died and this and this celebrity has it and that person does it and this person's gone because of complications and maybe someone in your name it was like baffling and mind-blowing and so like while the pause has definitely was existential it in some ways it was good to just let's just Pause and reflect Mm. and consider what it is we're doing as artists and who we want to be in this world and how we want to show up.
1: Oh my gosh, that's such a beautiful way of putting it. That's such a beautiful way of putting it. Granted, it was it was so difficult at the time because I remember. I'm, I'm sure for many of us, I think one of the biggest drivers of anxiety during this pandemic was just not knowing when it was going to end. And now that we know, OK, like there's a vaccine, things are slowly opening up, numbers are dropping. It does feel like the end is in sight. But I remember in like November, December of last year before the vaccine was announced, it just felt like when is there an end? Is there an end? A lot of people were saying, oh, it will never be the same, you know, so that that, I think that was something that was difficult to grapple with was, okay, we're pausing, but how long is the pause? And how long do we consider it a pause versus move along in one direction or other? And again, I'm not endorsing, okay, yeah, we must just go get together and great art anyway. But um, yeah, it was interesting times. (laughs) I came across
0: this piece on a website to do with a cookbook that I believe you took photographs for. And it said that you volunteered during Hurricane Katrina.
1: Oh, my gosh. So interesting. Yeah, I remember when I it was actually the very, very first year that I moved to the United States Hurricane Katrina hit. And I did not have the money to fly back home to Zimbabwe so I I was you know working on campus at the time and I used my money from working on campus to fly to Hurricane Katrina instead and um, went to go and help where I could with the with the cleanup there and that was very very eye opening you know you know, one of the things that struck me the most was we were, we we were helping to rebuild houses, essentially. And in mm-hmm. order to do some of that work on the houses, um, the team leader had to get contracts signed by the homeowners just to be like, hey, you're cool with us helping you out with whatever you need and being inside your home. And I remember we went to this one old lady's home and she said, I want to sign this contract. I want you guys here, but I cannot read or write. So I need to call up my son and he's going to have to sign this contract and read it and tell me what it says. And I remember being so shocked at the time because, you know, the literacy rate in Zimbabwe when we were growing up anyway, was something like 99%. And I had never, never, never met someone who couldn't read or write. And I think that's when I realized you know, not everything is like golden and shiny here in the States. There's still extreme poverty. There's still lack of access to education and that sort of a thing. So our
0: problems really are relative. Like there are major issues and yeah, there are major issues in the United States and there are also major issues in Zimbabwe as well. And can be tough to be like, you know, there's this assumption that people in the diaspora are living it up and popping bottles, like in the music videos, <laughs> but that's mm. not always necessary necessarily the case as well. Yeah, yeah. So how are you able to practice self-care for yourself during this time and even before? Especially so you, you know, touched on there was that uncertainty to do with the pandemic. This time has also brought up a lot of anxiety a lot of stuff Mm. to do with mental illness and also trauma there's that uncertainty of finances and livelihood as Mm. well as the trauma that comes from seeing the headlines every day of there's a me too issue that happened or a racial racial justice this thing that happened or an anti-asian this thing that happened Mm. and also what Mm. you were going through with your family as well
1: yeah yeah Gosh, I guess I'll just say self care. What is that? I don't know. It's something. It's something I'm still working on for sure. Um, Gosh, I hate to say it. But sometimes there's just really no time for it, you know, and sometimes you just have to accept that that's the season of life. And you know, anytime I, I don't know, feel like I need a break or feel like I'm in a lot of pain or whatever the circumstances, I think I just ground myself in reminding myself that everything is temporary and the pain will end you know we might not know when or where but it's it's not going to last forever I I'm uh, 36 years old and I feel like I've definitely had the ups and downs that come with life and you know when there's a low it you never know when it's going to stop dropping so I'm not going to say you'll be at the pit of the barrel yet but you can pretty much guarantee that if you if you just do the right thing things will come back up you know. So as you know, in the beginning, when one embarks on
0: an untraditional path like the artist's journey, it can be super exciting, but it can also be really overwhelming because you're like, I've never been here before. I don't know what's going to happen? Am I going to fail? Am I going to succeed? So what advice would you have for someone listening in right now who might be thinking, I want to do what Vivian does. I want to take all the dopest photos (laughs) and cover a Rock Nation brunch and Beyonce, uh, but they're not quite sure where to start. Are there any resources, whether they're like books, podcasts, websites, classes, or maybe even someone's Instagram, I don't know, profile
1: or something that you can recommend? Oh my gosh. No, absolutely. Absolutely. I feel like my biggest advice would just be go out and do the work. Pick up your camera. If, you know, if it's COVID safe, go out and make magic with people. And if it's not safe with people, go out and test on still life. That was a huge thing I was doing with the pandemic as well, was just like styling actual, you know, still life items, whether that's like, flowers or flat lays or landscapes or what have you, you know, but just practice, 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 practice. Cause I feel like one of the biggest errors I see with a lot of photographers is they know absolutely everything in theory, but when it comes down to actually taking a photo in real life, they can't implement because the, the practice isn't there, you know? So I would say, I'd say something that I did and still do is when I'm driving or going for a walk or exercising, that's when I'll listen to my podcasts. That's when I'll do the education side of things. That's when I'll listen to the audiobooks and what have you. But I'll make sure that the learning process fits in with my schedule. And when I have free time, that free time is spent actually on the ground doing the work. So that that would be my biggest advice is just make sure you're getting yourself out there. And the more you're out there, the more work you have to spread, which is obviously something you can use to push the needle forward on your business itself.
0: So let's say someone doesn't have a camera. Could they start with their phone camera? Just like to start before they make the investment for like a good starter camera or just oh any my camera.
1: gosh absolutely they can i remember i mean i feel like even more and more feature films are being made on iphones you know i know and it's slightly
0: irritating because then you have cast oh, on my side you have casting directors saying yeah you just go out and make your own work take your phone and shoot a thing and make a film <laughs> and you're like what <laughs>
1: it's a lot of pressure yeah, <laughs> yeah that is like, a lot okay, of pressure for i'm gonna sure. be the
0: next Issa ray because i have an iphone sure <laughs> 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 a lot of pressure so-
1: No, that is a lot of pressure. It's true. It's true. Um, Yeah. (laughs) But, you know, also come to think of it, you know, I was telling that story about when I went around Valentine Park with my camera, that camera was had lower quality features than a lot of flip phones these days. So I often think back on that and think like, yeah, no, it is it is possible if it's if it's what you really, really want, you know, Um, any um, books or
0: podcasts?
1: Gosh, let me, you know, what I listen to a lot is Jenna Kutcher's um, Gold Digger, Uh because I feel like she really, really focuses on pushing the needle forward on the marketing side of things, which is something I think is very, very overlooked, you know, how to present yourself as your most authentic version of you in your business, which will draw in the right clientele. So that's something that I'm listening to a lot these days. Business of Photography podcast, that's a really good one that I listen to. Digital Photography Life, that's another one I listen to. And Master, Ph- Master Photography, that's another one. So those are the, the photography podcasts on rotation on my phone right now. That's awesome. Okay,
0: so it's time for our lightning round. Yeah. Okay, so you're just going to answer the first thing that comes to your head, okay?
1: Mm-hmm.
0: Um, what is your zodiac sign? Aries. Um, Are you an early bird or a night owl? Oh my gosh, night owl, definitely. Do you prefer taking photographs of people or products like e-commerce? Oh, people,
1: absolutely people. Last song you listen to? <gasps> oh my gosh, great question. I think it was, oh, oh my gosh. I think it was that Calacata song and I don't remember who sings it. You know the one? From South Africa? I don't know it. I don't know it. Oh, it's it. so good. I'll have to send it to you. <laughs> okay. Um, what's your favorite holiday? Christmas.
0: <gasps> Same. Christmas, <laughs> baby. If you could have any superpower, what would it be? Um, uh, to take away pain.
1: Ooh. Mine's always <laughs>
0: teleportation. I'm all about traveling for free. Uh... <laughs> okay. So what is your favorite Marvel? Like, out of all of the universe, TV shows? Black Panther
1: there we go there we go that, that's all we need to say oh my gosh obviously Ugh.
0: so at the time of recording this last night were at the 93rd academy awards is mm. there a film that you saw from this award season that you would recommend
1: people watch chloe zhao's nomadland is Same. really stunning she I is loved a it. very very yeah she's such a talented filmmaker i'm a huge fan of chloe zhao it struck such a chord, and the fact that she was able to wear all these
0: different film hats of directing, writing, and just editing it as well is just phenomenal. Okay, do you have oh, a favorite yeah. Zimbabwean childhood snack?
1: Oh, gosh, I love the little froggy uh, chocolates. <laughs>
0: I forgot about those. Mazoe orange or Mazoe green? Mazoe
1: orange. I love that question.
0: If you weren't a photographer a fabulous person what would you, what do you think you'd be doing
1: oh my gosh I think I would be a director that's definitely something that I I still even think about exploring today that's so awesome um the next one is
0: a sentence which you fill out at the end so it starts I am zim excellence because blank
1: <laughs> i am zim excellence because
0: i never gave up Ooh, i love that so much if you could nominate someone for the award of zim excellence who would it be oh fadzai mahere sweet so fadzai mahere you've just been nominated for the award of zim excellence by vivian best <laughs> and who would you nominate to um come on this show our show next
1: Bongani, absolutely. Um, He's such a talented cinematographer, cinematographer. His work is absolutely stunning. And he has just like such a calming, fantastic presence. I think I would definitely tune in if he was on the show.
0: I love that so much, especially because Bongani is the reason we know each other. So this was like the most fun time. As we wrap up, I would love it if you could A, share a message with our listeners, as well as let them know where they can continue to follow your fabulous journey, whether it's like a website, Instagram, Twitter, all of the fabulous things.
1: Oh my gosh, absolutely. So obviously my name is Vivian Killily Best. Um, My website is vivianphotography.com. That's Vivian with an E, vivianphotography.com. And my Instagram is at Vivian Killily. V-I-V-I-E-N-K-I-L-L-I-L-E-A. V-I-V-I-E-N-K-I-L-L-I-L-E-A. I I love that. We need to get her to be
0: a director and an actor next. (laughs) Vivian, thank you so much for making time for us. I can't wait till we can meet post-COVID in the new world and just hang out and also just play and do all the photography things together. Oh, I
1: cannot wait. And I hope you have the best shoot later today. Thank you so much. (laughs) Oh my gosh, thank you, Bongai.
0: Thank y'all so much for coming to the party. Majita tatenda siabonga. Nah, for real. Thank you so much for tuning in to this week's episode of Zim Excellence. If you found value from this episode, please share it with a friend and go ahead and subscribe, rate, and review. If you send me a screenshot of your review, I'll make sure to give you a shout out on future episodes. Feel free to tag us on Instagram at Zim Excellence Podcast, and if you identify as Zimbabwean, I want to hear your story, so go ahead and email zim excellence podcast at gmail.com. Till then, have the best week and stay Zim excellent.